Welcome to the Eastridge Church East Campus Podcast. We bring to you the message portion of our Sunday services in a convenient podcast form. You can listen on your way to work, during your lunch break, or even during your workouts. We want to put tools in your pocket to help you throughout the week. If you would like to find out who we are or what we are about, please visit us at eastridge.church. All right, let's go. It is Mother's Day. I know most of you already know that, but um, it is so good that God chose women to have babies and not men. And could, could you imagine if, if, if it was up to men to have babies? You would never hear the end of it. I mean, think about it. I mean, I just had a baby. I mean, a year later, I'm telling you, a year ago, a baby came from me. Six years later, hey, you want to help out run the house? I had a baby. Six years ago, I had a baby. Oh, man, and and you know what, too? You know, it'd be like fish. How big was it? Man, my baby was 8'10", or, you know, oh, it'd be hard. We'd never hear the end of it. And, hey, and you know what? You can think about, you can forget about having another one. You know, do you, you want to do what? (laughs) You remember, remember what that cost me? Nine months of my life, you know, and the pain, yeah, you can forget that. Yeah, it's a thank you, God. (laughs) And the ladies, you're thankful that God did. You'd rather have a baby than endure listening to, to, to your husband. Yeah, so anyway, God God knew what he's doing. So we, we are very, very thankful for mothers. I, and this is my observation, guys, if you're upset with me about this, we can talk after church. Um, I can take any one of you, doesn't really matter. But anyway, um, my observation is this. Moms tend to be more sacrificing than husbands. Just my observation. I'm not saying bad husbands. I'm not saying that. I think there's some great sacrificial husbands out there. But, but I feel like women in general tend to give more than men. Is that just my observation to you? Men, you better say amen or you're in the doghouse. Well, as Christ followers, though, every single one of us is called to live sacrificially. Men, women, uh, Christ-following students, it, it does not matter. Every single one of them uh, of us is, is called to that. It's, it's, it's what we've been called to. Now, understand this. Place in your faith in Christ, man, that costs you nothing. We just celebrated communion. We just celebrated what, what Jesus has done for us. And you know what it did? It cost us nothing. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. Listen, we had a sin debt. We had something that had to be paid. And through faith in Jesus, man, that that has been paid. But following Jesus, and following Jesus will, will cost you everything. Placing your faith in him, being saved, didn't cost you anything. Man, but following Jesus will cost you everything. Here's what Paul writes. The Apostle Paul uh, writes this. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all he has done for you. Again, we just celebrated communion. We just remembered all that he did. If you think about God as Christ and Christ as God, God himself came as his son and hung on a cross so that whoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. 
He says this, let them be a living and holy sacrifice. Get this. I plead with you to give your bodies to God for all that he's done for you. Let your bodies be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. Now he says this, this is your true and proper worship. This is the true way to worship him. What we did was worship, and what we're doing now is worship, but real worship is saying, Lord, here I am. Lord, Lord, here I am. Don't buy the lie that Christianity is about being a better person. Don't buy that lie that Christianity is just about, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do better. I'm going to go from one pack of cigarettes a day to half a pack of cigarettes a day. Or, you know, I'm just going to be a, more, a, a better, uh, a more moral person. And don't buy that lie. Because, you know, that's just legalism, and then that's going to lead to self-defeatism. And I'm going to tell you what, it is not attractive at all to a lost person. No. What, what Paul's saying here, what the Holy Spirit is saying to us is saying, no, true, true Christianity is this. Here I am, Lord. Here, me, all of me. That's what we've been, been called to. That's what we've been called to. Now, how do we live that out, though? Because maybe you're not there yet. You believe in Jesus. I know you do. You, would, you wouldn't be here on a Sunday morning at, at the early service if you, if you didn't. Or maybe you're, you're thinking about following Jesus. But how do we, how do we live that out? We're, we're going to look at Stephen. And Stephen uh, is one of the first deacons, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, that, that is appointed in, in the church. And he's also the very first Christian that's martyred for his faith. We're, we're going to look at his life, and, and we're going to see how... Stephen lived this out. So how do we get to that point? First, first thing is this. If, you, if you're going to say, Lord, here I am, that means I'm going to live as a servant. I'm going to live as a servant. This is what it says. Um, the church is brand new. We've been going through this series, been walking through Acts. So the church is brand new, and they're growing, and there's growing pains. And wherever you have two or three Christians gathered together, you will have problems. <laughs> All right? Wherever you have multiple people together, there will be needs that are not being met. And what we see here is there's some people complaining. Now, I, but I, wanna, I don't want to say it's like, yeah, yeah, nah, all that kind of complaining. It's not that kind of complaining. There were some legit needs not being met. There's a group of widows that were not being uh, given the food that they, they needed. And so there was some complaining that resulted from it. And so we jump back into the scriptures, uh, verse 2. So the 12, the, the, the apostles, they called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. Now, that's the translation of the New Living translation. Your translation probably says waiting tables. I, I want to get a, a proper understanding of, of what the problem is what, and what they've been called to. Verse 3, and so, brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and are full of the spirit and wisdom, and we will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. Everyone liked this idea, and they chose the following. Stephen, a man of full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Now, he's the only one described this way. And then you got Philip and Procurus and Nicanor and Timon and Parmenius and Nicholas of Antioch, who it says an earlier convert to the Jewish faith. 
These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. So as God's message continued to spread, and the number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem. Now, I want you to understand something. This happened. They appointed these people to serve these tables, to take care of the needs of these widows, and the number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. So understand this. There was a need. They prayed, and then they appointed these men to serve. There, there was a need they prayed, and then they appointed these people to serve. And this is when we first hear Stephen, full of faith, full of the Spirit, get this, waiting tables, running, maybe running a little bit more organized food program, but it literally means wait, waiting tables. First deacon. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if, if, you, if you have any Baptist background in you, because I think all of us would raise our hand. But in our culture, we have made deacon an office. And, and that's okay. It's all right. But here, it was a servant. It, it wasn't a position that, hey, I, I wanna, I'm going to run for that. I, I want to be known for that. Not that that always happens. I know it does happen. No, it's not a position of power. It was a position of service. And Stephen, a man who's full of faith and, and full of wisdom and, and full of God's spirit, was not too good to meet the needs of these widows. Early church, they, they had needs. Well, COVID has changed things. All right, you know what? Just say amen. When I, I'm going to say that one more time. If, if we can all agree on one thing, COVID has changed things. Yeah. COVID. <laughs> We're not a new church, but in some ways it feels like it. You know? We've got people that are coming back. We've got people, more people online. But it's presented some, some new needs that, that weren't needs before. Hey, uh, it, for example, ushers. Um, sec, second service uh, last week. If you, if you weren't here last week, it was the funniest thing that happened. Trey got up, did a phenomenal uh, time introducing, hey, we're going to be passing the baskets. And it was, he just did a great job. And then we, he stepped down, and we all waited, and we all waited, and... We skipped offering last week, you know, second service. It was just the fun. And then finally one of them comes in with the offering baskets. And I went, nah, just forget it. And then he drops them. <laughs> Being funny, you know. Here's a need. It was, it's never been a need that I know of ever. But we need ushers, men or women, men and women, to, to serve as ushers. Second service. Maybe first service. Another need. We've not been offering children's ministry, family ministry, first service. Because we don't have the volunteers to, to serve in E-Town and in A-Land, Adventureland. E-Town Elementary, Adventureland Preschool. That is a real need, especially for first service. So the early church, well, here's what happened. They had a need, and they prayed, and then they appointed. 
So I'm going to invite you to pray with us. We're, we're going to pray right now. Now, here's what I also know. And First Peter talks about if you, you know, if you got the gift to serve, serve with all the uh, power that God provides, so that God may be glorified. So we're not a new church in the sense of our understanding of theology of serving. We all know we're all called to serve. But I'm going to follow this model, praying, and then seeing what God does. So let's just bow our heads in prayer. Father God, this is your church. It's, it's, it's not mine. It's not the elders. It's none of the staff. It's none of the members' church. Father, it's your church. Father, given the mission of the gospel to, to all ages. And Father, it has needs. And Father, now we pray for this. Father, I pray, God, that you would put it on the hearts of the men and the women that you want to serve. And, Father, they would step up and do so according to your leading. And, Father, I pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, don't run up here right now. You're like, you have fat chance. Hey, you know what? If that's you, if you still have your Connect card, you can place it in, in the box. Or you can go to this board over here that says we get to. Because it is a privilege to serve the Lord. It is a privilege to serve the church. And you can fill that out over there. There's three distinguishing marks of, of people that follow Jesus. And, and there might be more, but here's the ones I hear over and over again. Man, we're most like Jesus when we're forgiving others. Man, I, I believe that. When you forgive somebody, man, what, a, what an incredible trait of Jesus. We're most like Jesus when we're sharing Jesus with others. But also, too, we know this. We're most like Jesus when we're serving others. And listen, when every believer is serving I love this. It said, there will be no needy among us. Can you imagine if we all have this spirit of here I am, Lord? Here, here I am. Not for a position, not for a title, but here I am, Lord. Use me. I'm your sacrifice. Listen, I know this. Needs would greatly decrease. And you know what? God will be glorified. All right, so live as a servant. Number two, let the Holy Spirit lead. Let the Holy Spirit lead. Verse Verse 8. This begins with this. Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. But one day, some men from the synagogue of freed slaves, as it was called, started to debate with him. They were Jews from Cyrene, Alexandria, Sicilia, and the province of Asia. None of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. So they've persuaded some men to lie about Stephen, saying, we heard him blaspheming Moses and even God. This roused the people, the elders, and the teachers of religious law. So they arrested Stephen and brought him before the high council. Let me ask this question. What does it mean to be full of the Spirit? And we talked about this several weeks ago. Depending on your denominational background, that can mean all kinds of things. What, what does it mean? So it literally means this. Filled means in every way, like to capacity, to, to the brim, to the top. A, a person is filled completely with God's spirit. I mean, it's, it's completely covered. It's, it's the opposite of, of being empty. But this is a choice. This is a choice. See, we're all filled with something. We're all filled with something. Paul says in Ephesians, hey, don't get drunk on wine, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, those aren't your only two options. 
He said, hey, be filled. It, it is a choice. Be continually filled. It, it is a choice. Stephen was filled because he chose to be. I understand this. Stephen was filled because he chose to be. Now, let me ask you this question. What are you filled with? And you think, well, that's a hard question to answer. Well, let me ask you this question. What are you most focused on? Because whatever you're most focused on is what fills us the most. Hey, let me say this. And, and when, when you and I fill ourselves up, like we start our morning with the word of God and we start our more, maybe you're a nighttime person, but you, you, let's just go with the morning. You start your morning in the word of God. You, you start your morning in the presence of God in prayer. And then, and then you have this, here I am, Lord, uh, use me. And then you go through the day and you're looking for God to work. And maybe you're just noticing that the handiwork, especially this time of year, this incredible weather, you're just thanking God for all that he does. And, and you're looking to see him, him work throughout your work and throughout your day, throughout your hobby and maybe you're thanking God throughout the day for all these things, giving thanks continuously. No matter what your job is, no matter what your hobby is, and, and no matter how well your football team does, man, you, you'll, you'll be filled with the Spirit of God because you, you're choosing to be, because you're focused on Him. And I'll say this, what fills us leads us. What, what fills us will determine our decision. What fills us will determine our steps. What fills us will determine our moods. What fills us will determine our actions. Stephen was known for doing great things. Stephen was known for having the Spirit of God in him because he was led by God, because he was full of God. And you know when you're filled and you're not filled. There, there's a test right, right here. Paul says in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, he says this. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and, and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. For the believer... I know when I'm walking in the Spirit, I know when I'm full in the Spirit because these are more evident in my life. So let me share a, 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 more, a recent personal struggle. So most of you know my son Cage has autism. And so you've seen videos of him on Facebook and you see, you know, even in, in the, in, up on the screen here. And you know how Facebook is. Facebook shows the pretty you know, Facebook shows what's good. And so I'll just, I'll just be real honest with you. It has been a struggle. His autistic meltdowns have just been through the roof. And there's kicking and biting and hitting and spitting and throwing things. Listen, that kid can take his glasses off the, his head and hit you in the back of the head quicker than and then you, someone could pull a pistol and shoot you. It is unbelievable the accuracy. If it didn't make me so mad, I'd probably laugh at it. And you don't know what's going to cause them. And, and, and here's how they happen. So he has this incredible meltdown. He's screaming and throwing things, and there's this tantrum, and it's all because of the autism. And maybe you do know what triggers it. Maybe you don't know what triggers it. But here's what was happening with me. I would go to bed at night thinking about the the transition we're going to make when we get him up for school. 
And what if he has another meltdown? How am I going to handle that? And I got to where at nighttime I was dreading the morning time. And in the morning time I was dreading nighttime. Because I've got to manage these meltdowns. And for whatever reason, probably because I'm the better parent, I don't know. He is my shadow. But the hardest part of the struggle is when his meltdown ends and he lays on his bed and he sobs because he doesn't know why he does what he does. And all you can do is lay there and hold him. Why? And I'm telling you, y'all, it is a sob. And it'll break your heart. Now, Cage is not new to us. We've had Cage for nine years. And these, these autistic meltdowns are, are not new. But what has happened is, I noticed about a week ago, my joy was diminishing. The fruit of the Spirit, joy, was starting to diminish. See, joy is a fruit of the Spirit, not a result of my circumstances. I want you to hear what I just said. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit, not, not a result of circumstances. It's a result of being filled by Him. Stephen, uh, we're, we're going to watch him be persecuted. And, and what you're going to see is there's this like underlying joy. He doesn't say it, but you just see it. You, you just sense it. And here my joy was diminishing because my thoughts were filled with how to avoid the next meltdown. And what fills you? leads you. What, what you're filled with, what, if it was the thoughts you're having, whatever thoughts you, you may be having, whatever consumes you, is what you're giving yourself to. And that is what fills you. And here's what I was reminded. Look at Jesus. I was reminded of this. Look at Jesus. This is our third point. We live as a servant. Let the Holy Spirit lead. And then look at Jesus. In, in verse 54, getting back to, to, to Stephen. It says the Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusation that they, he, they had killed Christ and they shook their fists at him in rage. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, listen, listen, listen to this description. He gazed steadily into heaven and listen, he had a vision. He saw the glory of God and he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand and he told him. Look, I see the heavens open. I see the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Then they put their hands over their ears and began shouting. They rushed at him and dragged him out of the city, and they began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. Now understand this. I've been talking about Paul. Some of these teachings we've been getting is from the guy that was there before he knew Jesus. And they stoned him. Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he fell to his knees shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. Stephen, being martyred, 
is not saying, let me go, let me go, let me go. He's, he's not saying, rescue me, Jesus, get me out of this, Jesus. He's not saying that. Matter of fact, he's got a vision. I mean, for him to even say what he said was instant death. Look, I see, I see Jesus. He's at the right hand of God. He made a decision. Just here I am, Lord. Even to the point of, of death. He even said his face was like that of an angel. So focused on Jesus, seeing Jesus, so full of the Spirit because he chose to be. Now, you're not, you're not facing being martyred. You know, we may have some people online that are watching from a different country. I'll tell you what, that happens there. Man, there are people in Middle Eastern countries right now. They're confessing Christ with the threat of being put to death. And as soon as they confess Christ, they're being killed. But most of us are not facing that. But you may be going through a lesser suffering. You're going through something. Chances are you're going through something. And I want to say this. And you can be a great witness. As you suffer, you can be a great witness if you're filled and you look to Jesus. See, don't, don't, don't look to hopeful circumstances. Don't, don't look for hopeful outcomes to change so that you can be a witness. I'm going to tell you, some of the greatest witnessing I have ever seen is in when people are suffering. Man, when, when they stand strong in the face of cancer, when they stand strong in the face of rejection, when they follow Jesus, no, no matter what the cost, it brings on suffering. And yet, they have the fruit of the Spirit. Look to Jesus. Don't, don't look to favorable circumstances and hopeful outcomes. Don't, don't wish there was an easy button. How many of you would like an easy button? Oh, my gosh. I'd buy them by the case. Don't wish for that. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. He writes, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Now, he just, he just got through talking in Hebrews 11. And, you know, that's been nicknamed the Hall of, Hall of Faith. You got all these believers that were, man, just did incredible things for God. And all these ones you've heard about, all the big names. And then you got these nameless believers that just suffered greatly. Some of them were sawed in half for their faith. He's saying, hey, since we're surrounded by, by such a great cloud of witnesses, and, and when he says that we're witnesses, it's not like they're going, yeah, I saw that. I saw what Jesus did. No, they're, they're, they're speaking it out. Hey, it is real. It is true. And you know what they're doing? Hey, they're cheering us on. You got all of heaven, people you know and people you don't know, witnessing to the fact that it's worth it. Yeah, follow Jesus. Look to Jesus. Be filled by a spirit. Live as a serpent. Man, it is so worth it. But then he says this, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. So let's put that on the shelf because I'm going to come back to that. And let us run with endurance, a race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy waiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, 
Now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. I don't know what slows you down, and I don't know what sin trips you up. See, the secret to victory over bad circumstances is not the removal of them. It's not the removal of bad circumstances, but being more focused on Jesus and the things of Jesus than the things of this world. See, it's being able to view life from the position of being in Christ and not outside of Christ, but being in Christ. One of the things I say every morning, and sometimes I quote it when I'm riding down the road, is this, I will live today with the expectation of what Jesus will do today. I will live today. I say this every morning. I will live today with the expectations of what Jesus will do today. And you know what? You know what? Here's what happens. I see him working more when I'm more consistent in doing that. Because you know why? We always see what we're looking for. And if I expect bad news, if I'm like the band Boston, I get used to bad news, that's all I see. That's all I hear. But when I tell my mind and I tell my soul, hey, today I'm going to look and I will look at with expectation of what Jesus will do today. And listen, it might be small things. It might be that little eight-year-old autistic kid smiling at me with the biggest buck teeth you've ever seen in your life. It might be just the beauty of outside. What was tripping me up was I'd taken my eyes off Jesus. That was my sin. And I forgot where I was, that I'm in Christ, and that changes everything. We're called to live sacrificially. Christians, we're, we're, we're called, brothers and sisters, Christ. If you're thinking about becoming a follower, yes, your salvation will cost you nothing, but following Jesus will cost you everything. It begins with looking at Jesus. It begins with being filled by his spirit. It begins with living as a servant. I'm, I'm going to ask the band to, to come out. Let me ask you this question. They're, they're going to play this, but let me ask you this question. What's slowing you down? Man, what's, what's slowing you down? Man, where, where are you right now in your faith with Jesus? Because if you're a believer, I'm going to say it one more time, it's, it's everything. Jesus says, it's, it's here I am, Lord. But maybe like me, for whatever reason, you've just gotten sidetracked. Something's slowing you down. What, what's tripping you up? Man, what is it that's just tripping you up? What, what's causing you to take your eyes off Jesus? This morning, we're, we're going to have a time of uh, prayer. They're, they're going to sing Precious Jesus. If you want to stand, you can stand. If you want to come and pray, you can pray. If you'd like for me to pray with you, I'll be right over here. But take these words to heart. Let's, let's examine ourselves. Let's, let's ask the Spirit right now to reveal what's slowing us down, what's tripping us up, what's causing us to take our eyes off the Lord.
And are you willing to give? All of you. Maybe back to him. Man, what, what are you willing to give? Are you willing to say, Lord, here I am. Take all of me. So I'm going to invite you now just to examine where you're at. Let the Lord examine. And leave here today. Man, leave here today with saying, you know what? I gave my all to the Lord. Here I am. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you, Father, for time together as the body. Father, for those that have joined us online and and we can all experience you and your word and, and the work you're doing. Father, I pray now that you you administer to us. You administer to us. Father, you draw us back to yourself. And Lord, we could leave this time together confident in our walk with you. I thank you for it. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to speak with someone about the message you just heard, or if you would like to pray with someone, send us an email at info at eastridge.church. If you feel led to support the ministry at Eastridge, please visit eastridge.church give. Thank you for your generosity. Remember, no matter where you are in life, God loves you. We love you, and you have a family at Eastridge Church.